On today's show, call the fire department. The Hornets getting torched defensively in Chicago. Jimmy Butler putting up historic numbers. We'll talk about answers and where they should come from. We're talking more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. You are locked on, Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on, Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're bringing you Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it. Welcome in on this Tuesday morning. I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker this week. He is enjoying his beach vacation while the rest of us uh, sit back here in Charlotte and endure uh, this weird stretch of Charlotte Hornets basketball Someone, uh, it was when I did the interview for Locked On Hornets and Philip Rossman Reich asked me, you know, are, are the, do the Charlotte Hornets have an identity? And my answer was, yes, absolutely, they have an identity. The issue has been living up to that identity. This team absolutely knows what it wants to be. It wants to be a defense-focused team. They want to stop transition points from the other team. They want to be a really good defensive rebounding team. And they want to cause a lot of chaos on offense whenever it enters the paint. They don't gamble a lot on steals beyond the free throw line, but they really want to get handsy when you get anywhere near the rim, cause a lot of deflections. And on offense, they're pick-and-roll heavy. They want to get to the rim as well. If they do shoot three-pointers, they want it going to the paint first and then kicking out for three. Like There are very specific and defined things that they want to do and execute that head coach Steve Clifford feels like makes winning basketball. The problem has been getting these 9-10 guys to play to that strategy, especially on the defensive end, Every single game. We're going to get into that. We've got to talk about this this uh, loss to the Bulls, 118-111, your final. I want to give the Charlotte Hornets every point. Don't want to deny them a point. 118-111 win for the Chicago Bulls over the Charlotte Hornets. They drop now to 19-16. and And there are some teams, Milwaukee, Atlanta, They've got to play Detroit soon, and Detroit still has a lot of issues to figure out as well. They're going through similar things that the Hornets are going through right now. But if the Hornets don't figure it out, there are teams waiting that are figuring it out right now to take their place in the Eastern Conference. So they have to do that quick. But the the Hornets absolutely know what kind of team they want to be. They are just struggling to get there in terms of intensity. And I think it's – I listened to Nick, both Nick Batum and Kimball Walker after the game, and again, you listen to their comments, and a lot of it is, you know, we have to do better as a team. Team defense. As a group, we have to defend better. That's fine. I, I, to, I get that. You know, you win together, you lose together. Team focus. That's what sports is all about. Fine, great. 
But I think at a certain point, this, and especially this Chicago Bulls game, was about, and Clifford has mentioned this as well, it's about one-on-one defense. And he's not a, you know, we heard him a lot last season and the beginning of this season talking about pick-and-roll coverage breakdowns. And there were a couple of those against Cleveland. But a lot of the defensive issues have been simply one-on-one defense not playing as well as it needs to to allow help defense to do its job. It's tough to stay in front of guys in the NBA. That's what people don't understand. Well, not all people, but some people don't understand about NBA defense. It's like, oh, the NBA, they never play defense. Well, no, they, they play defense. It's just you've accumulated. You know, every team has nine, ten guys on their rotation, okay, that play every night. 30 teams. Do the math. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. It's 300 guys. You're 300 best basketball players in the world. Not necessarily. They're guys overseas, whatever. But, you know, generally, you've accumulated the best basketball talent in the world, in the NBA. Hard to stay in front of guys in the NBA. But in one-on-one defense, you have to be able to hold your guy, disrupt what he wants to do, try to force him a little off his path so that the help defense has time to recover. And then if that help defense comes, that there's somebody that can rotate back around to help that guy, and you continue to rotate defensively. That's not happening for the Hornets. Guys are penetrating too easy, too quickly, and without any contact. And you saw that with Jimmy Butler, and that's why he scored 52 points. All right, let's get to this recap. So Hornets lose 118-111, allow 36 points in the fourth quarter. This is the seventh game now. The Hornets have only lost 16 games. So in nearly half of their losses, they have given up fourth quarter leads. They had the lead going into the fourth quarter. They lose the game. That's been a big story. Steve Clifford mentioning that almost every opportunity he gets. Fourth quarter defense, an issue. Jimmy Butler, defense, an issue. 52 points. 15 of 24 from the field. That was good for 62.5%. Only one of four for Jimmy Butler from beyond the arc. That's amazing, by the way. He is now the eighth uh, 50-plus point scorer in the league this season. 52 points, only one three, only four attempts. Twenty-two. On the other hand, 22 free throw attempts. That's another foundational Hornets organization thing. Guard without fouling. They did a great job of that. We mentioned this in the preview. They did a great job of that against Jimmy Butler in the first matchup. Only allowed him 10 free throws. Really disrupts his offensive production when he can't get to the free throw line. 52 points, 12 rebounds for Jimmy Butler, a double-double, six assists. Was flirting with a triple-double early and uh, couldn't put together the assist because simply he was the offense. No Dwayne Wade in this one. Doug McDermott, 11 points. Michael Carter-Williams, 10 points. Uh, Nikola Mirotic, 12 points. 
7 of 23 from beyond the arc for Chicago, 30 points. When when the Hornets did, in the rare instances that they were able to play defense well against Jimmy Butler, they forced him to take three-point shots. Because he, he's not a great three-point shooter. But they allowed him too often to get really good mid-range looks and get to the rim. A lot of that had to do, I think, with Cody Zeller being out. Of course, he is out in the concussion protocol right now after getting hit in the head late in the game against in the loss to Cleveland. So that was obviously an issue defensively. But, you know, losing Cody Zeller, especially when you have behind him a former starting center in Roy Hibbert and, and a more than capable third center, a lot of teams don't have that. That's an asset to have a, a third center that is very, very capable in Spencer Hawes. We've, you know profiled extensively the the issues that Spencer Hawes has that makes him a third center. But regardless, the Hornets' defense shouldn't completely break down when Cody Zeller misses a game. But the Hornets certainly could have used him last night because he's proven to be a really good uh, help side, weak side, rim defender. Not Not a great one, but a good one. And they could have used that. They could have used that little extra quickness last night because both Nick Batum and Michael Kidd Gilchrist got eaten alive by Jimmy Butler one on one. Talked about this a little more too on ninety four point three, the game in Greenville, North Carolina, with Mark Pascal on the Mark Pascal Show. Uh, check that out. We'll post a link on Twitter to that. Really good conversation with Mark. Doing a segment there uh, weekly on Tuesdays. Been a really good time. Talking Hornets there are for the folks in Greenville. Uh, again, we'll post a link on Twitter. Um, but check us out Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, 730, uh, 94.3 thegame.com. Or, uh, well, well, let me get the right URL. That's always key. 943thegame.com. All right, back to this game. The Hornets, uh, you know, Kimball Walker, great game. 13 of 19, 6 of 8 from beyond the arc. He hit his first five threes. Only two of two from the line, so scored 34 points without getting to the free throw line. Very good night, efficient night for Kimball Walker. On offense, though, Steve Clifford after the game making sure to mention Kimball Walker had a great game on offense. I don't think, you know, he's just at the point where he's not letting anyone off the hook. Nick Batum, tough night defensively. And key turnovers at the end. That's the thing. If you're going to have a tough night defensively, all right, but you can't turn the ball over on offense. You can't You can't let offense leak into defense, and you can't let defense leak into offense. I mean, the Hornets went offense in the fourth quarter. They went Spencer Hawes, Jeremy Lamb, and Nick Batum. No MKG out there in the fourth quarter. And I'm totally okay with that decision because MKG didn't do much better against Jimmy Butler. So all things being equal, get offense on the floor in the fourth quarter and try to outscore the Bulls when the game was close. The key moment came when the Bulls were up 105-104, two minutes to go. And there was a total breakdown on defense. Kimball Walker and Nick Batum not communicating with one another. Both, both just got out of the way of Jimmy Butler. I guess both of them thought uh, he was going to the wing, and instead he went right. They They sort of... It's not, it's not really – it was opposite of icing him. I mean, they sent him middle, and, and there was just a free lane to the rim, and Spencer Hawes didn't recover quick enough. Again, that's where I think Cody Zeller would have been an asset. 
could have challenged him at the rim, could have gotten physical with Jimmy Butler at the rim and at least sent him to the free throw line. But instead, Jimmy Butler hits the layup. Clifford after the game saying the defense is soft. Those are bold words, but they're not words that are new. He said this before. And that's really the issue. The message at this point is not translating. It's not translating. The guys, I mean, they they it's inconsistent. It's not like they've played terrible defense. I mean, you look over their past 5-10 games, their defensive rating still looks good because they'll go through and why that's deceiving is because they will go through games. In fact, just a little over a week ago, they played the Chicago Bulls and held them to 91 points. They go through games. They go through multiple games. They held Miami to 91 points. They held Boston to 96, despite it being a loss. They held Atlanta to 99. But then they gave up 120 to Brooklyn. They give up 121 to Cleveland and now 118 to Chicago. So they are inconsistent. As Clifford said, they pick and choose when they want to play defense. And that's kind of okay when you're Cleveland, when you have plenty of offensive firepower to get you through a night like that. But this basketball team is not going to win games allowing 110 points. Just not going to happen. They don't they don't have to hold teams to under it helps, but they don't have to hold teams to under 100. That used to be the old you know sort of bobcats mentality is that if a team scored 100 it was over because they really didn't have the the firepower or the shooting. The Hornets still not shooting well from beyond the arc. That's still a trend uh that's going on. 9 of 19 in this game. Actually a decent game. 47% from beyond the arc in this one. A lot of that had to do with Kimball Walker, 6 of 8. But everyone else, uh, Marvin Williams, 1 of 3. Nick Batum, 1 of 3. Jeremy Lamb, 1 of 3. But generally, the Hornets, over the past 5-10 games, not shooting well from beyond the arc. And they're they're not taking a, as many. A couple of threes less than last season. So they're moving towards the mid-range, moving more towards the rim offensively. But I don't even want to talk about offense because that's that hasn't been the problem for this Charlotte Hornets basketball team. Offense, absolutely not the issue. You scored 111 against a decent Chicago Bulls defense. They haven't had many problems scoring. And the real issue with this game is that so let's let's take a step back to the preview. When I said this was a really good matchup for the Hornets because the things that they do well the Chicago Bulls the things that they defend well against are the things that the Chicago Bulls want to do. The Chicago Bulls like to get out into the fast break. The Hornets do a great job of defending the fast break. The the Bulls like to get on the offensive boards and get second chance points. And while they certainly did that, 14 offensive rebounds, only 15 points on those offensive rebounds. You know, you you don't like to give up 15 points, 15 second chance points. 
But at the same time, this is a really prolific offensive rebounding team. It's where they make their bones. So, you know, if you win that battle significantly, you beat this team, yes. But if you lose that battle somewhat, you can still beat the Chicago Bulls. 16 turnovers, that was tough because, especially at the end, I think. And let's see how many they had in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, drum roll, please. Four turnovers in the fourth quarter. Two of them by Spencer Hawes. One by Nick Batum. Felt like more than that. Nick Batum 0-1 in the fourth quarter as well. Wasn't aggressive offensively. Kimball Walker doing most of the work in the fourth quarter, four or five for nine points. But it wasn't enough. And again, it wasn't it wasn't defense. I mean, it wasn't offense, it was defense. And it wasn't just fourth quarter defense, I don't think. Here's the here's another trend for the Hornets. They haven't been able to stop star players when they have the opportunities to early in the game. And then those stars become unstoppable. We've seen it twice now with LeBron James, Kevin Love as well, not getting into him early in games and allowing him to get into a rhythm. We saw it with uh, uh, Serge Ibaka going off early. Luckily, Orlando kind of let them off the hook in that game by going away from Serge for some inexplicable reason. Had they not, I think he could have gotten it going late and they possibly could have lost that game. Too many star players, and now they have to go and face Oklahoma City next. We'll have a preview of that game tonight on Locked On Hornets Live, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. It's going to be a real fun time. I know, you know, this is, it's always a tough show when a team loses like this. When they give up 118 points to the Chicago Bulls, it's always, it's always a tough time to talk about. You know, we could talk about Kimball Walker just being absolutely amazing on offense and being, uh, you know, again, stating his case at the perfect time, by the way, because. Isaiah Thomas is having an incredible December. Kimball Walker needed to have a few statement games to make sure that his name, you know, stayed top of mind in an an Eastern Conference guard all-star competition that's suddenly very tight with John Wall playing really well, with Isaiah Thomas playing really well. Kyle Lowry But that's the other issue. And we'll get deep into this on Locked on Hornets Live tonight. But the other issue is, if the Hornets aren't winning, you see it. Like, when the Hornets don't win, Kimball Walker is not in the headline. That's the, that's the secret. Jimmy Butler, 52 points, wins the ball game. That's the headline. Had the Hornets won the ball game... You would have had a note on Jimmy Butler's 52 points because scoring 50 in the United Center, first time since Michael Jordan, there's some significance to that. But as well as Kimball Walker played, that would have been the story. So the Hornets have to, they do have to play better as a team, but it's got to start individually. It's got to start in, in my opinion, in the backcourt, the wings. Got to play better defensively. Otherwise, I mean, they don't, they, don't have, they don't have a shot blocker behind them. They have to pack the paint. And 
they haven't been able to do what's necessary. They haven't had that intensity level necessary to recover on defense to three-point shooters. And it wasn't just Batum. It wasn't just Kemba. Jeremy Lamb did not do a great job against Doug McDermott, allowed him to get to the rim too many times, lost him on a back cut. Luckily, Spencer Hawes was there for a block on McDermott. I said, Spencer Hawes saved McDermott's life. Or, so, excuse me, uh, Hawes saved Jeremy Lamb's life. I'll tell you one good thing I did see in this game. I thought uh, Nick Batum, Jeremy Lamb, Sessions, Kimball Walker, all attacking early off of misses and getting to the rim with ease. They attacked the Chicago Bulls in the fast break. They did it against Cleveland, too, with success. They're finding ways to be successful offensively despite some struggles from beyond the arc. But you can't allow 58 points in the first half. Not going to cut it. So Zeller's in the concussion protocol. No timetable on his return. Haven't heard any word about Marco Bellinelli's return. But again... I think, you know, Bellinelli will be a nice asset to have in the fourth quarter when they need a tough shot. Could have helped them in this game when when they needed a when Kimball Walker needed some help in the fourth quarter. But he's not an answer defensively. So what is the answer? Because we hear Steve Clifford time and time again saying this stuff in post games, the defense is soft. That's like I don't know I don't know how much how much worse you can put it. I mean, when you call NBA professionals soft in the media, and I'm sure he's, you know, there's no, what are you going to say? No, we're not. After giving up 118 to the Bulls and allowing Jimmy Butler to score 52 points. I just don't know what else Steve Clifford can do or say. So then you go either these Hornets players have to step up or there has to be a shakeup to the roster. And we're going to talk about that tonight, too, on Locked on Hornets Live on YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. Check us out, 6 o'clock p.m. I'll be joined by Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte and uh, Calamity James, Claire, from Twitter, will be in studio as well doing her showdown live. And we're going to be talking about this idea of shaking up the roster. Would it be beneficial both in the short term for this season, because look, the Hornets are trying to win. They're not trying, I mean, everyone's trying to win a championship, but the goal is to win a playoff series. And you got to get to the playoffs to do that. Newsflash, breaking news. But, and people are surprised. Mark was a little surprised when I said this on 94.3 The Game in Greenville. And Philip Rossman Reich from Locked On Magic was surprised when I said this. But if the Hornets continue to play like this, if they continue to play inconsistent basketball, they may not make the playoffs. There are teams in the Eastern Conference now that are are starting to rise. The Hawks are sitting at 18 and 16, only a half game back. They've won three in a row. The Bucks have won two in a row, and they're winning really well. And you've got they've got a really good two two man tandem in Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jabari Parker, young guys that are finding their rhythm and they're finding an identity. 
The Pacers have won two in a row. They're only a half game back of 500. Wizards not doing well. Knicks have lost five in a row. They're fading back to the pack. Pistons, four games back of 500. But, you know, the season is played in little 10-game spurts, and and storylines come and storylines go. And the storyline right now on this Hornets season is defense and lack thereof. And if the Hornets don't turn that story around, if they don't change that storyline, um, it could be a tough season for the Charlotte Hornets. But right now, they sit in fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're still they're teeter-tottering. They're the only team right now amongst the top eight in the losing column. Lost two in a row. The rest of the teams on, on one or one-plus game winning streaks. Got to turn things around. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it tonight. Locked on Hornets Live. Check us out. We're going to have a good time. Have a little conversation amongst friends. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked on Hornets here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets for live game tweets and updates on your Charlotte Hornets. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already or Stitcher or Google Play if you, you are on Android. And tell a friend about where they can find the best Hornets talk anywhere. Shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tonight for the entire team here at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV and